You're listening to Casey Forum with Kathy Quinn. Public affairs with an entertaining spin. Hey everybody, Kathy Quinn here. Yes, this is my podcast, KC Forum, Public Affairs with an Entertaining Spin, and uh, it is number six. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I thank everybody for listening. Uh, What we're going to be talking about, usually I do three different segments. We do three different people, but you know what? I had um, two very long interviews today, and we're going to be talking to Bobby Irvin, a retired Kansas, Missouri police officer who's written a book called Failure to Comply. And, you know, I just couldn't stop talking to him. He was very, very good and very inspirational. So um, it's a really cool book you can get on Amazon and other platforms. We'll talk about that. Uh, Also, Yvonne from Wings of Love. She has been rescuing beautiful exotic birds for many, many years And uh, she's got, uh, you know, during the COVID, she hasn't been able to go out and see people, but you can check her out on Facebook. And she's just telling us what's going on and how she got into, you know, rescuing these birds. I love them. My favorite one, I think it's Snowball. Anyway, we'll talk to Yvonne a little bit later. First up, it is uh, my pleasure to welcome Bobby Irvin Jr. to our podcast this morning. And Bobby is a retired Kansas, Missouri police officer. And I'm very jealous that you are in Florida and we're here in Kansas City, Bobby. That's not fair. Well, you know, someone's got to take up the, the population down here. Now, I figured it might be me. Might as well be me, right? You know what it is when I saw, because uh, we're talking about the book you've written, and I think it's on, is it on the back cover? You're mm-hmm. in, a, in a boat or a yacht. I'm not sure. It looks like a really nice boat. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's not fair. That's, that's, my, that's my, uh, my fishing boat. I like to offshore fish. And what is the difference? Well, it's inshore, but my, my, my favorite type of fishing down here is offshore fishing, so... I'll go 40, 50, 60 miles out in the oh. Gulf, and we just catch all kinds of fish. I have a great time. Like what? What do you catch? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> you, really, whatever gets on the hook. But <laughs> everything, everything from shark to uh, oh. red grouper to um, a snapper. Uh, yeah. Uh, Neat. That is you know, so cool. Yeah, all kinds of meat. So, yeah, it, it's... It, and that's what's so fun about fishing out there in the Gulf. You just, you really don't know what's going to be on that line mm-hmm. when you when you reel it up. So uh, that, that's what I love about it. It's the variety of things that you can catch out there. It's a, it's like a mystery game. That's really cool. Well, exactly. What, what I think is really neat is um, we had a viewer who contacted me about your book. We need to let people know about this book. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just so cool. When did you have time to write a book? You were a police officer in Kansas City for how long? For 26 years. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but, but, but that's a good question because uh, a lot of people don't know this, but this book actually started, I started on this book in 2008. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would write a little, uh, but then I'll pause for uh, one or two Matter of fact, I was looking at some of my some of my records, and I actually took three years off before I started writing again. Wow! So yeah, you know, you know, you get busy uh, with life, and you know, uh, a mom she's battling cancer, and you know, um, just you know, life's journey. You just mm-hmm. kind of you know, you just kind of want to take a break. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I could be a procrastinator at times. I I, I admit that, but. <laughs> You know, so, uh, you know, so yeah, since 2008, but um, it, and it was it, something that um, I, I felt um, was a good story. I had always told people, you know, bits and pieces of my life, um, 
but this particular time, uh, I was I was speaking with a uh, social, a forensic a person called a forensic social worker. Never even heard of such a such a thing, mm-hmm. and uh, she was uh, interviewing me because I had a cousin that was up for uh, uh, capital murder. He was looking at the death penalty, and her job was to uh, interview. Uh, relatives and try to try to get into the background of uh, how you know how did he how did he get to this place in mm. time uh, well, you know, what, what what kind of environment did he grow up in and, and, and such and so what should have been a thirty minute meeting turned out to be a two hour meeting mm. and at the end she she was like you know what you you really need to write a book you wow. really need to you need you need to put this on paper and for for whatever reason I mean I've had plenty of people tell me that but for for whatever reason. Uh, that really stuck with me, and I said, "You know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start writing it." So here wow. we are. All right, and it's called "Failure to Comply." Yes. And what I'm getting the gist of is, as any young kid, any young guy, and you said you grew up on the city's east side here in Kansas City. Yeah, I grew up. Uh, yeah, I spent the majority of my time uh, right off of 50th and Prospect. Uh, oh my gosh. On Agnes, yeah, Agnes Block, as a matter of fact. And are you saying, and we'll get into the, the book and everything, but are you saying that you feel blessed to be where you are today, having been a mm-hmm. police officer that you loved, and you also went into the mm-hmm. service, but you could have maybe gone another way very easily? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There were, there were many times, uh, many opportunities for me to go uh, the wrong direction. And, uh, and there were times when I did. Um, and I just, I was, you know, just one of the, one of those that just got lucky enough. Uh, well, you can look at a couple things, but mm-hmm. luck being one of them, um, you know, put me in another direction. And, uh, you know, I, I make some choices, uh, as, as we all do. Um, and, um, the, the choice for me was, uh, to get out of the, uh, out of that hood and, uh, you know, branch out. Go look. Go look for something else. I had it because I figured that it's got to be something better. Really? I just got to find it. I just got to find it. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I decided to join the military. Now, why? What made you think there was something? Because I've heard um, young kids who have, for instance, there was one who went to the Kaufman Center, and uh, mm-hmm. he was given one of those scholarships, and he said, "I didn't know this was there. I didn't know there was another path." That's true. That's true. Gosh, that's, that's true. sad. I, I kind of talk about that a little bit in the book, uh, where, um, you know, it, it, at least in the, in the environment I was in, you know, we no one no one talked about college, uh, no one talked about trade school. Everybody was just kind of doing their thing, living living their life, and, and really not looking anything past that, and so. When, when I graduated from high school, I, I was kind of caught off guard because I, I felt like I wasn't prepared. Hmm. So I had to do something. And, uh, you know, uh, of all the craziest things, uh, you know, with the Marines being uh, the hardest boot camp, in my opinion, to get through, <laughs> um, I chose that one. Uh, people ask me, well, why, why, why do you choose the Marine Corps? I mean, they're, they're the hardest to get through. And I guess, I don't know, I guess I really wanted to challenge myself. And so I figured if this if this uh, was going to be uh, my goal in life is, is, is to 
get through this Marine Corps boot camp, and, and by God, I'm going to do it. So. And you did it. And you did it. I did it. You Ooh, did it. I'll tell you, the first, <laughs> first, week, first week of that, I was second-guessing myself. I was like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? <laughs> These people are nuts. So you it's know? like what you see in the I'm, movies. I'm, I'm safer back, yeah, I'm safer back in the hood. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was exactly like, uh, oh, what's, what's the movie? Uh, I know. Uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yes, yes. Yeah, it is, it is exactly dead on. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about, uh, you, this is a coming-of-age story, and it's to me, mm-hmm. it's inspirational for other people. If they would, Absolutely. you know, and, and hopefully people are going to get something from this and say, hey, kid, read this or read this. Sure, um, sure. Let me ask you this. You talk about the conflict within the African-American community, and mm-hmm. I, I've talked to, you remember Rosalind Temple? From Mothers in Charge, you've got to remember yeah. Rosalind. Okay, so yeah. Rosalind, I, I didn't understand what she was talking about. Obviously, now I will tell you, I grew up at 45th in Prospect. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. We had a restaurant there. We had a Mexican restaurant there. But at that time, it it there were black families, Irish families. I'm Mexican and Irish. We didn't mm-hmm. know there was no problem. And obviously, mm-hmm. I grew up with a huge family. Whatever. Uh, what is it within? What's the problem? You know, Rosalind says it's the, when the people will recognize they have a problem, that they're killing each other, that they're, mm-hmm. obviously you didn't get any, hey, I'm going to college, why don't you go to college, Bobby, you know, da, da, da. What is exactly. it? What is it? What's the problem? Wow. That's, that's the, uh, you know, that's, that's the question of the century. Um, there's so many factors, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, and I and I and I know I know her people have heard uh, it probably sound like a broken record, but it really does start at home. Mm. It really does. Um, did you have a mom and, and dad? I did. Yeah, oh, okay. I grew. I, I had a mom and dad in the home, uh, probably all the way up to oh, oh, right right around the time I left for the Marine Corps, um, and then uh, and my dad decided. And he had talked about it for many years that he was going to leave. Oh. He was just sick and tired. He was sick and tired. He was going to go out on his own. And so that's what he did. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, he, and, and, and he's, you know, that's another story. I talked yeah, about yeah. that in the book as well, okay. my relationship with my dad and, and some of the things that I witnessed from him. Uh, and so and then you wonder why I didn't, you wonder why I didn't, you know, turn out to be that way. But, you know, going back to what you asked earlier, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a, there are a lot of factors when you, when you look at uh, growing up in inner city, you know, with, with the, uh, the lack of opportunities, the, um, uh, just the environment with the drugs and, mm. and the gangs and everything, you know, all this negativity, Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It's hard to see see something uh, outside of that. That's all you know, and so that's how you grow up. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you see. That's a, that's that's what your environment is twenty four seven. Violence and, and the drugs and the chaos and everything, and you, you start to normalize that. Mm. And that's where the, the the big problem is: is that you know we see the problem, but we we normalize it to the point where we just 
you know, oh, oh well, this is just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not going to change anything. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that people, when people read this book, that they can get a little bit out of it in the sense that, you know, I grew up, I grew up in that environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was one of the gangbangers. And then growing up in the in the neighborhood. But Bobby, you had something. You had to have, you had to have that seed planted by your parents. It seemed, you know, because you knew that you wanted to be better. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's that's a good point. Um, yeah. You know, the, I, I took some uh, out of my father's relationship and, and, and the things that I saw because he, he was he was an alcoholic and uh, he was abusive to my mom. And uh, we saw a lot of a lot of that anger, and then you realize, well, he, he's got issues as well mm-hmm. that need to be addressed. But um, we, you know, we have to take uh, responsible for our own actions, some kind of responsibility for our own actions. So, uh, yes, wow, there's some good that came out came from my dad, and there was some bad that came out of my dad. And you got to you, you know, you got to be able to, you know, put that on a scale and say, okay. This is, this is what it is, and is this something that I want to be, or do I take the good things that I from my dad and, and, and capitalize on those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I decided to do. Awesome. I, people are probably wondering, what's the name of the book? Come on, tell me, tell me, tell me. We said it for, you know, here we're Failure. talking. Yeah. Failure. Failure to comply. And why did you name it Failure to Comply? Well, I, you know, just the uh, just the name itself, failure to comply. You know, can can apply to a lot of things. Um, so I, I figured with that name, mm-hmm. I could I could cover a lot of areas. Uh, you know, because I, I I talk about once again, you know, growing up in the neighborhood and and you know you get this uh, this ideology, if you will, that you know this is just the way it is. And I'm telling people, no, it's not, it doesn't have to be that way, okay? Mm-hmm. You don't have to comply to those standards. You can do better. Mm. You can be better. So that, that's part of it. Also, I also talk about a little bit about uh, police work. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, some of the things that, uh, that I see uh, some of my African-American folks doing is not complying. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's so much, uh, you know, I don't know, I can't even say when it started, but it seemed like it, at, a, at, a, at a point in time, we, um, we started finding it to be cool, to be, uh, uh, you know, disrespectful mm-hmm. and you know, and, and just, uh, against authority. Yeah, 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 and you know, yeah, and and to to get away from uh, you know answering up to any 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 kind of authoritative figure, you know, and I'm talking about you know school teacher to mm-hmm. you know a pastor to your grandparents. I remember you know grandparents. My God, we 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 did in. You never even looked at your grandparents wrong, right? Like getting in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and now so. You know, now it's got to the point. Uh, you know, I, I, 
you know, of course, I can't say the words now, but I mean, I've I've, I've seen uh, you know teenagers just cursing their grandparents out like there's somebody on the block, you know. And you know, we did we, you know, something as simple as uh, getting up uh, uh, while you, when you're on the bus, just getting up, uh, giving up your seat for an old person or a handicapped person or something. Mm-hmm. You don't even see, you very rarely see that anymore. You know, so it's like, man, how how did we get to this mm. this, this right here? You know, and then so uh, then that. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, and, and and now today with all, you know, the disrespect to the police, are you, are you, glad, oh, yeah. are you glad you're retired? <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is, this is one reason why I decided to leave. Really? I saw, yeah, I saw what was going on. I, I felt it coming, and, oh. and, I, and it, it was like this volcano, you know, it was just, just boiling. And I said, you know what, I don't like, I don't like what I'm feeling here. And I don't, I don't like where this, where this society is going. Mm-hmm. I better leave while I can. And on the cover of that book, you'll see, um, of course, me. Yes. Now I'm, I'm standing in front of the police station there, and um, <laughs> and I, uh, I've got my uniform on and all that good stuff. And uh, on that book there, in the background, you see uh, the flag there. At half mast. Mm-hmm. Well, that was that was there because uh, uh, those officers that had been shot down in Dallas. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Um, and that 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 incident right there really really touched something off in my head, and I was like, you know what? Um, this is this is this is not good. You know, we, we've we've got officers being shot, killed mm-hmm. for something that someone else did. Mm-hmm. Not only on another police department, but on the other side of the world, you know. And we're, we're being punished for it. And um, I said, you know, we, when we start doing that, when society starts doing that uh, against law enforcement, um, we've, got a, we've got a very bad, we've got a bad seed going on here. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't like where it's going. So that's what that's what I decided. It was literally uh, I, I went into work not even thinking that I was going to be retiring that day. Oh my! And gosh. Um, yeah, and uh, it was about uh, probably about two hours into my shift, and uh, the, the guys were giving me a hard time. They're like, "Bobby, what, what what are you doing? Why are you still here?" You know. And I, I started thinking about it, and and then this you know uh, this incident with the with the Dallas cops and and. Everything else, and I thought, you know what? You're right. I, I planned on staying another three years, but oh. I, I said, you know, I, I got, I've got all, all four limbs still, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, so, somewhat, somewhat still have my uh, my psyche, you know. So um, I said, I'm going to hold on to what I got, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to move to Florida, and uh, you know, try to do something down there. So here we are. And unbelievable, you've got to be really thrilled that you're reti- retired because of what, you know, everybody's going through. Um, we miss you. We miss you in Kansas City. We miss you, but, you know, you're having a great time in Florida. You're writing books, and you're, you're being with your family, and that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I miss Kansas City. I miss, I miss my coworkers. You know, I, I, feel, I feel for my, mm-hmm. uh, my, my law enforcement family out there that are out there uh, fighting a good fight. You know, I know we got, we got bad cops. I know that. Mm-hmm. I know that. I've worked with them. 
And, yeah, we have some training issues. We've got some police departments uh, that are uh, uh, kind of stuck in, uh, in the 70s, if you will, and how they, how they do police work. And they need to catch up with what's going on. But uh, I, I tell you what, I've, I've never been more proud to uh, work with uh, the men and women on the Kansas City Police Department. Um, in the Marine Corps, I've, I've worked with some, some wonderful people there as well. But um, the type of job that we are sworn to do is a difficult one. Mm-hmm. And um, I've seen how it affects uh, a lot of our police officers. Uh, this job will, this job uh, will destroy you. It will destroy you from the inside out if you allow it. And it takes a, it takes a special person to do this job. It really does. And, and you have to love it because you don't make that much money. No, no, you know, you're definitely not going to get rich. <laughs> you can that. You're not going to get rich doing this job. No. Uh, that's why a lot of police officers work, work, work extra jobs, you know. But, um, you know, it's one of those thankless jobs that, uh, that I know that at the end of the day, I, you know, my goal was to do something good for the community and uh, putting that uniform on and, and answer those calls of service, you know, getting cursed out, mm. shot at, uh, slapped, spit on, pushed, you name it. Seeing, seeing bodies uh, and families destroyed uh, every, every which way you, you, can, you can imagine, it was all worth it. Perfect. Because I, I, I knew at the end of the day that somewhere in all that chaos, uh, you know, for whatever, for whatever reason, I was able to help somebody out that day. And that was my goal, was to go out every day and help someone. Aww. And that's, and you'll, you'll find that with a lot of police officers. And like I said, I, you know, there are some bad police officers out there with some bad attitudes and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just kind of doing things on their own. Uh, but got to weed them out. And I know it's a hard thing now, and probably even going to get harder just trying to recruit the, the, mm-hmm. the right type of people because yeah. of the way the police are looked at now. And it's, it's really sad. It really is. And I, and I really, I really feel for those uh, men and women out there that are out there fighting good fights. So you guys hang in there. Uh, and then <clears throat> for people out there, and we appreciate you, what you did the many, many years here on Kansas City Streets. Thank you so very much. And now you're continuing to teach and inspire with this book. Where can they get it? Wow. Well, um, you can get online. Uh, my website, www.failuretocomply, mm-hmm. all one word, failuretocomply.us. The links there will uh, direct you to uh, the, the book publishing company, which is Dorantz. Mm-hmm. And just uh, recently uh, on Amazon. So you can find it there as well. Perfect. So who do you think should get this book and why? Just finally, that's my last question. Well, my target, my target audience is, is, is really um, the younger population right, right around the, the you know, upper teens, somewhere around in there. Mm-hmm. Um, young adults, I think, will benefit from this book. Um, kind of 
kind of covers it all, really. Uh, but it, it's it's more adult reading. But I, I know for a fact that a young adult will get me, get a message out of this as well. They can relate, uh, Bobby. They can relate. Yeah, they could, yeah. They can, absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, I I was fortunate enough to to be able to a couple of years um, prior to my retirement, I was able to actually go out and talk to different um, schools. Uh, ele- I was even at the elementary school. I was talking to them. Uh, middle school, high school, uh, other civic, other civic. Uh, Entities in, within the city uh, would go there, and, and we just have a we just have a heart to heart talk. I mean, I, and, and that's that's what what, what what the goal was to, to, to go in there and just say, hey, listen, we're, we're all human beings here. I'm not Superman because uh, <laughs> I wear this uniform. Uh, I have, you know, I I I, I hurt. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have feelings. Uh, if you know, I bleed just like everybody else. Uh, I, you know. Um, we're, we're human beings. We're not. We're not machines. And uh, got a lot of good discussion out of that. Just going to going to different groups and just talking to people. Uh, it was. It, it was really, to me, it was uh, beneficial to me as well, because I mean, I was able to, you know, engage and and uh, get their get their side as well. And I, I think that's very important. We we you know. Mm-hmm. When you're talking to people, you know, you just don't want to just give give your side of the story. You want to be able to ask them questions as well and and, and see where they're coming from. I think that's very important. God, that's great. Never one-sided. That's great. So it's Failure to Comply, Bobby Irvin Jr. Failure to Comply. Yeah. And once again, where do they get it? Go on to my website, www.failuretocomply.us. Okay. Perfect. And you follow the links there, and it'll 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 show you uh, where to get it. Also on on Amazon. Hey, uh, the holidays are coming around, Bobby. The holidays are coming around, and there you go. be a great yeah, book for to... the young one. Yes, yeah, get one for the young the the, the the young person you think might be uh, going in the wrong direction or might need some inspiration. Um, you know, get it get it for that mom or dad who wants to uh, maybe give it to to their niece or nephew or their daughter and son. Mm-hmm. And um, you know those adults out there that are kind of in the crossroads, not sure where they want to go. Um, maybe they can read this book and 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 maybe point them in the right direction. But I think there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a lesson in there for everyone. So Perfect. you guys go out there and, and uh, show some love. <laughs> I'll be visiting Kansas City soon. I hope to be doing some book signings. Uh, you know, with the with the Corona going around and, uh, and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been kind of hard to uh, to schedule some face to face, so I may end up doing some some things. Let uh, me know. Will you let me know when you're in town, please? I will. Okay. I will. I sure will. Okay. Perfect. 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 Uh, Thank you so very. Appreciate you reaching out. It. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And now in Florida, I'll go down there. I know where I can go fishing. Um, you've got there the, you go. You got the boat ready to go. Thank you very, very Always. much, <laughs> and we will talk to you soon. We'll see you in Kansas City sometime soon. All right. All right. All right. Much love, guys. Okay, honey. Take care now. Bye-bye. Hang on. There's more on the way with Kathy Quinn and Casey Forum.
All right, we are back now. Kathy Quinn here on KC Forum. It is my number six podcast, and we are talking to Yvonne from Wings of Love. Yvonne, it's great to have you here. Oh, great, Kathy. Thank you. Wonderful to hear from you. It's great. We, we just saw you, I think, a week ago. We're talking to Yvonne Monday. Patterson mm-hmm. Burbach, and we are talking about Wings of Love here in Kansas City. And how, oh my goodness, you have been working with birds, rescuing birds for how many years now? Oh, goodness. Since 1970. My goodness. Okay, so start about the very first bird and how this got you going. Tell me. Oh, well, my mom took me into a Woolworth store when I was two, and she said I just had to have that little parakeet. So (laughs) I always had canaries and parakeets growing up. But when I was 19, my parents bought snowballs for my birthday Mm -hmm. to use at Coolcrest Garden Golf, where your parents used to come out and sing for our our entertainers. That's right. My mother was in a band and, called um, Yeah, my mother was in a band called Las Palmas Trio and uh, they used to, and so that's how far back we go. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the first Mex- one of the first Mexican restaurants in the metro area. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I still have snowballs. He's <sighs> 52 years old. I will never ever be with a man even half that long probably. <laughs> <laughs> For oh a male, my- not a man, but a male. Okay, so yeah. That- and so that's how I got started, but you know, always wanting to help animals in some way. And when we got another couple other birds, uh, an Amazon that sang opera. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the public at Coolcrest was just blown away by the bird's beauty and intelligence. And they wanted to hear them talk or see them do something. And so I opened up a bird exhibit and called it Wings of Love that you'd walk through. And I started going into the countries of the bird's origin to learn more about them taking pictures and writing articles and stories about my experiences and becoming internationally published and just everything just kept blossoming. Mm. And if I can say it, this has all been through the Lord, you know, it's not been through me. (laughs) He um, needed you. He needed you. He did. (laughs) Yeah. He needed you to rescue these birds. Yeah. Uh, Snowball is what type of a bird? A Moluccan or salmon-crested cockatoo. Okay. And how, my gosh, that's a long time. How long, what's their lifespan? Uh, In captivity, they can live 75 to 80 years. And the largest types of parrots, the highest sense of cause, they can live 100 years. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so then fast forward to today. And we visited you last week, and you have such fabulous, fabulous birds. Explain how they get to you. Many are rescued, some are on loan, that type of thing. Yes, you're right. Well, people don't realize the responsibility, of course, of having a bird that can outlive you. And with them having the brain capacities equivalent to a five-year-old child, you obviously cannot leave a bird in a cage Mm and sit there. And That's what some people think. Oh, he looks so pretty in my living room. Well, (laughs) that's pretty shallow, too, but... You know, so the bird gets some behavioral problems, and then they decide, well, I better get rid of the bird, find somebody that can work with it. And so that's where we come into play, and they can donate it to our nonprofit, and so we can teach it a, how to step up and be a better pet for somebody in the future and improve its diet so its overall health and appearance looks better, and that's, that's it. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. So what you do is you go around and you want people to see these birds where they would never get, a clo- for instance, your owl. Oh, that beautiful, beautiful owl. And I know, I know they can check out your website, Wings of Love, 
And is it KC? org. Okay. Wingsoflovein.org. Okay, so they can look on your website, Facebook page. You can see all these beautiful birds. Talk about your beautiful owl. Well, I have actually a pair of them, uh, Sloop and Bubo. They are Eurasian eagle owls. They are the largest species of owls in the world. They come from Europe, Asia, Russia, and northern Africa. Mm-hmm. Both were hand-raised. Uh, Sloop, I got, I ordered Sloop, actually, and waited a year for her egg to be laid at a zoo. And I waited for her to be nine days old. I wanted her to be parent-reared so she'd get those wonderful, healthy immunities from her parents. And then at nine days, that's when a bird opens their eyes. And I wanted her to see me an imprint on me. Oh. And the other one, Bubo, was actually hatched in the living room by a friend of mine who's a wildlife biologist and a falconer. And so Bubo grew up with, with four kids, and they're oh. just both amazing birds. Not only amazing to look at, but just incredible birds. And so... The family couldn't handle them anymore, or what happened there? Well, Alonzo, uh, Ignacio Alonso was his name, and he had nature centers at schools like at Nowlin and Independence, oh. and, mm-hmm. and then now, and now he's in KCK, and they've done away with their nature programs. And so, you know, it just got to where he couldn't afford to keep all the animals that he had. Oh, and my gosh. So that, you know, he called me up and said, I'd really love for Bubo to have a good home, and I know you would take really great care of him. And, and he helped me when I got swoop, you know. So, oh. he's just, I mean, so but yeah, it's just been a blessing. Oh, my gosh. All right. So you go around to schools, libraries, that people want to see the beautiful birds, these creatures, and they do tricks. They do. The parrots do. They roller skate, ride a bicycle on a high wire. They play basketball. They... They, you know, sing songs, and they say things like, I can talk. Can you fly? <laughs> and they're just very entertaining and just beautiful to look at, which makes them an amazing vehicle for education. You know, children learn mm-hmm. without knowing they're learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they <laughs> and love it. And we even have, you're, you'll like this because I know you guys are Catholic. Um, we have a Christian program called Birds of Faith. It's a Bible study about birds in the Bible. Oh, very good. So you're able to yeah. spread your wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Good one. <laughs> oh, and I'm not very funny. Yvonne, this is so cool. You, you know, these these birds, um, where would they go if they didn't have someone like you? I mean, there are there other little sanctuaries? I'm sure there are. I mean, I know there are, uh, but here in the Kansas City area. Yes, the largest one is Beacon Wings, and they're in Lenexa. And uh, they've got a really pretty good program. They have a lot of volunteers, unlike us, that help with their birds. They can take the birds home and foster them and, and work with them, and then people can adopt them out there. Um, you know, the difference between a nonprofit and a for-profit is, of course, we don't want to compete with a for-profit like a pet store. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to do that. Um, but, you know, some people have even just turned their birds loose in the wild and of course they can't survive out here with these cold temperatures and they don't know how to find food sources you know so it's um it's so important that there are you know rescue organizations in the area there's all kinds you know as you know dogs and Mm -hmm. horses and you know and thank god for people like that because these animals need an outlet like that there's so much abuse that goes on and that's where jungle law came into place you know they started really helping animals have a voice. And we're, you know, 
And we're talking about Jungle Law, the law firm. Um, they just awarded uh, a, a person who designed one of their next billboards $1,000. And that person then, in turn, donated it to Wings of Love. Well, he chose Wings of Love. The money came from Jungle Law. But, mm-hmm. yes, he won 1500 himself for the designing, which had a toucan on it. And it said, who can represent you? These two cans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it had a picture of the toucan on it. Oh, and, yeah, cute. Rusty Kegler, and he used to work for the Mid-Continent Libraries, and we've done shows for them for many years. And so he knew us from there, and mm-hmm. I guess that's what kind of gave him the idea to utilize the toucan. And so I was just, I was blown away. I had no idea that <laughs> even that portion of that billboard contest was going on. And so when Jungle Law called and said that, I just, uh, I just, I just screamed, oh my God. That's great. <laughs> you know, it was such a blessing because we're not working right now. I was just going to say, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's oh, been, it couldn't have come at a better time. And I hear, nor could you. Aw, and I hear some babies in the background. Are those some of your birds? Oh, yeah. yes. We have the, some of the rescues here in the house mm-hmm. that live in the sunroom. And um, that's what you're hearing. How many how many birds do you have in all? Too many. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have I've got probably just under thirty of my own, and probably about ten or fifteen that are in the rescue and or that we're bird sitting for people for one reason or another. Do you have a favorite bird, Yvonne? I do, Kathy, whichever one I'm holding. <laughs> and as you well know, <laughs> you can't say that about your kids, and I can't say it about my fids, as we call our feathered kids. Our fids, that's fids, cute. That's uh, cute. Because they catch on to that stuff. <laughs> they, they all have their own little personalities, don't they? They certainly do, and that's something people don't realize. When you go to buy a bird for a pet, it's important to match their personality with your family's personality. And and that's where someone like myself that's had 50 years' experience mm-hmm. in having, you know, goodness, I don't know how many. I probably had <laughs> three or 400 different birds through the years. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of different species personalities, and I can try and tell them the pros and cons of every bird because there are pros and cons on every species. That's where you way. go to a pet store, they just want to sell the birds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you want it to be a right a correct match you want them to i do yeah you, you yes. do want it to be a forever home or as forever as possible exactly as as possible. yeah let me ask yeah. you this then um so how can people get the chance to be able to get a tour of the birds or where are you going to be next i know COVID's kind of shut everything down what would you suggest yeah well lately this year we have started letting a few people come out if they make a donation to Wings of Love, and so it helps us, and it helps the birds, and it helps them. Um, you know, my husband did, uh, we have horses, as you know, too, and he did horse programs for a while for the library, and we were just appalled. I mean, not appalled. We were aghast at how many kids in the city had never seen a horse. Oh, never my Never seen gosh. a horse. Gosh. And, you know, I mean, the, the education that is needed out there for animals is so important mm-hmm. and it's just so important that these programs don't stop that any programs not just ours any animal programs you know mm-hmm. don't stop it's so necessary 
And we always need to save a space for wildlife. Because if we cannot save a space for wildlife, we're inevitably going to destroy ourselves. Yeah, yeah. If, if people would like to, let's say, volunteer, just really, how, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, we have a phone number, 816-645-3601, or you can always contact us through the website, okay. Wings of Love, Inc., for incorporated.org, O-R-G. Oh, my gosh. So I... glad you asked, because we always need volunteers. We spend six, seven hours every day just working with the birds. Go ahead. You, you continue to train them and everything? No, I'm not. Well, I'm working with one. Um, mm-hmm. One I got recently from Wisconsin. It's um, Echo is his name. He's a wonderful talker and singer. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. And you, you can see him. Yeah, you can see him on TV if you go Echo, Echo the parrot. Okay. Echo, hello. I don't know if I can get him to say okay. anything. Echo, hello, hola. Oh, he speaks Spanish, too. Oh. You should come and talk to him. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> que pasa? <laughs> uh, hello. That's cute. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so that would be great. We can always use the donation, and people can always, you know, it's almost like we're, what is that wonderful animal place in Kansas that people you know, they named it after a policewoman that was killed in the line of duty that can, you can go out and see all their animals. Mm. Kind of like oh, that place. The, like the farmstead out there. Deanna, yeah. Deanna, Deanna Rose. Deanna Rose. That's right. Like that. That's yeah. Right. Okay. We're kind of like that because we have all these different kinds, you know, pheasants, peacocks, and chickens, <laughs> and, you know, cats, and, <laughs> and the all chi- kinds of things running I, around. I love the chickens. All right, my darling. So good luck to you. And um, we will you, hopefully Kathy. get people involved, maybe get some volunteers out there. But if you people, if you love animals, you, you may not even have been near birds. You, you just fall in love with them. You do. And they're just hilarious. They, they're like little kids. They're, uh, the day we were there, they all had to talk and talk. And oh, my gosh, <laughs> that was so funny. They well, are. You know what? They are like having a two-year-old that never grows up and leaves home. That's, <laughs> you don't want him to leave home. You want it to stay. <laughs> Thank you so much, darling. Say hello to your husband. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Say hi to your family, Kathy. I Bye-bye. will. All right. Well, that is it for us. Number six podcast. Yes. Here we go. Thank you very much, Fox 4. I'm Kathy Quinn. It's called KC Forum. Check them out. Uh, and I'd like to thank Katie Connors, our executive producer, and Drina Byrne, our associate producer. And, of course, uh, Fox 4 and KQKC Broadcasting Music and Educational Foundation. They help us with our equipment and getting all the folks together. And, of course, the elders allowing us to use their music as our bumper music and as our music to uh, leave you all. And I will leave you today with the elders. It's Golden Ghost. Until next time, see ya. Cloudy days and stormy nights alone without a fight understanding I am lost up in the sky the golden goes
walking footsteps my own path making changes hope I last and I see the light Sky 